Anyway, Anne, thank you for taking the time today to talk with us. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Give us just, um, you know, uh, for people that don't know you, just how you got into makeup and what got you into the industry. I applied to the BBC in Scotland and got turned down and six months later applied in London and got accepted. So went to London and worked there. They now, trained I you. That. You said that you, you uh, applied, is it where you applied to or where you were applying from? There's a BBC in Scotland and there's a BBC in London. I just learned something. I did not know that. There you are. Yes, there's BBC Scotland and BBC London. So Scotland said no. And BBC Wales and BBC, yeah. Scotland said uh -huh. no. They said I was too young. You needed to be 21 and a half. I thought that was a bit petty. I was only two months short or something. And then I applied to London when I was 21 and a half and got in. So uh -huh. never give up. Just yeah. keep going. You're a young lady, and is that what you always wanted to do? Why did you decide to be a makeup artist? I watched a program on the BBC where they aged the cast. It was I, Claudius, where they aged them. Chris Tucker, from, wasn't that not? Was that hit, or was it one Chris later? Tucker would have done the prosthetics. Yes. Um, they, I think Pam Meager was the BBC head of department. Yeah, that one's well known. Yeah. So I watched that and thought, I want to do that. I want to make people totally different. I love it that it was an age makeup that inspired you. It was an you. aging makeup, yeah. yeah. And when I was a kid at school, I had one of those puffer things for talc. Yeah. And I used to get the girls to scrunch their faces off and then I'd hit them with the talc and say, that's what you're going to look like when you're older. <laughs> <laughs> Messy business. Yeah, did that frighten them to see possible the future? No, no, it was a convent that frightened the nuns. They took it off me Oh. It made okay. such a mess. Wow. Must have been an interesting upbringing. Are they, were they as strict as um, as, a, as the reputation they have? No, they were lovely. It was um, Sacred Heart Convent. They were lovely. Nice. Yeah. That's great to hear. Mm -hmm. So you pack your bags for London and you start at the BBC. What was that like? I'd never been to London. So I set off from Inverness and stayed at the BBC Hostel in Queensway. They trained you. There was a training school in Kensington. Um, well, the name of it was Kensington, it was Shepherd's Bush. Um, and they trained us for three months, and you sat an exam at the end of each month, and passed or failed. And then if you passed, you went over to the BBC and started as a trainee. Did you pass the first time? You didn't get a second time. I, yes, I oh. passed the first time. <laughs> okay. It's do or die, huh? Do or die, yes. It was very expensive, they told us, to train us. Three months of... And then two years, they don't make anything from the trainees. So productions weren't charged for you. Mm. So it was an expensive process. So if you didn't pass the first time, that was it. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty serious. Yeah. To make sure you're going to pass. <laughs> yes, most people passed. You know, it wasn't a 50-50, there was the odd one in each school. They did a school of 12. Um, used to be every year, but then as more and more TV companies came on, they didn't train their people, so they just took BBC people. Uh, so they had to train. They did about four schools a year then. And doing that, and you said there's 12, when you say there's 12, are there 12 students each time? 12 students in each school, yeah. yeah. And only three months to learn, and, and that's makeup and hair, yes? Makeup and hair, yes. And that's that's uh, cramming a lot of information in three months. Yes, to get in, we had to do um, a makeup demonstration and a hair demonstration in our interview. 
So they needed to know that you had some a leaning for it, that they could put you through a school. That's good. What kind of makeup did they have you do? Just a beauty makeup? An aging. Really? That's what happens, yeah. Oh, that's impressive. And it's also intimidating, too. The first thing you have to do before you're trained is to do an age makeup. An aging, just with grease paint, yeah. Do they have a stipulation on how old the model could be? No, just the model you've got and you make them look as old as you can. Okay, so if you get one at 60 and you make them 75, you're okay. None of them are 60. <laughs> they were all fairly young, yeah. 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 Great. What a, a lovely time to be learning, too. And so, do you recall what the first show was that you were in once the... The first show that meant anything yeah. was the Aneedon line. It was a... It had been going for years. I used to watch it with my family. We watched it every week. The streets were empty when the Aneedon line was on, back in the day when you had to watch the TV at the time it went out. Um, mm. And we got on a tall mast ship that was borrowed from Norway. Oh, that's fun. And sailed out from the Lizard Point in Cornwall every morning and back in the evening, filmed on the ship. Uh, I've never shot on a ship before. And usually those who said that they have, it's usually said that it's, it's, it's usually not fun because you're having to always be ducked behind or below deck, you know, after you're taking care of your people. Was it like that? I... I loved it. Yeah? I loved it. It was great. Yeah. Be and because it was the sails, you know, a three-mast sailing ship, yeah. it, it was fantastic, yeah. That's wonderful. No noise, just cutting through the water and spray coming up and cameraman up in the top. Did you have a, another ship that's uh, the production ship? Support that's ship. Yeah. Support boats, yes. Yeah. yeah. But we did hide down below and come up and we needed to come up nice i don't know that show um what kind of a is a period piece it was obviously? period yeah yeah it was 1800s i think wonderful we actually worked out that they'd been going they'd been living for 100 years in the story but nobody had aged or anything they just because they mm. make reference to historical events and then when we got to the Suez crisis they're like we must be a hundred years old because we started with this event mm. but nobody ever questioned it they probably would now they didn't then they just accepted everything yeah times were different you know it was a proper um bbc costume drama it was gorgeous to do that's one of the nice things uh, that's very different from being the united states you have so much more period work that that's done over here which I think is, is really wonderful. The, the amount of facial hair work that's done is, is exceptional here. The wig work is exceptional. I mean, we have people that can do that well, but it seems like it's just more of a standard here. Everybody gets to try their hand at some point in period pieces. Yes, yes. And the other thing with the BBC is there was an allocations department, and they made sure that you didn't get stuck in one genre. They, they, moved, they said you've done too much period we're going to give you sitcomedy. They moved you about so that you got a bit of everything. Wow, it's so different. So different. Yeah, a lot more structure to it, what you've had to do. Yeah, it was, it was a gift. You know, people now, trainees, are paying thousands and thousands to go through a training school. And then they're working for nothing when they get out. 
just to get people to know them. I wouldn't be a makeup artist now if I had to do that. I wouldn't have been able to. Now that they have that burden of the debt too, that's that's, yes. that's, uh, that's hard. And if you live somewhere like Inverness or one of the islands, you've got you've got to put yourself up on top of that. So it's sort of more manageable for people who live in the cities and the areas where they can go to a training school and go home at night mm -hmm. rather than. And you've done most of your work in television. I was looking at your resume. You've done a few things with features, a little here and there. But you seem to really like television. That's where your path has stayed. So yeah. you enjoy. Is there anything about features that you don't like doing? No, it's just luck the draw. I rarely say no. I, I take what's offered. Um, and I suppose what happens is the producer who does the TV shows gets to know you, so they ask for you. Right. So you, you follow your producer or your director. Um, I enjoyed nearly everything I've done I've enjoyed. There's a couple of things that weren't good, but usually because there were some dodgy people in it or something. It's not. That's one thing that um, yesterday morning I had breakfast with Kate Benton, who's, who also works a lot in television, and I know that you two have worked together. And we were discussing how much television has changed especially from my time and it used to be 24 episodes a season and had seven and a half days to shoot it and now it seems like television is it's all about what's uh, being streamed and a lot less episodes like for Outlander how many episodes a season now for you guys 12 mm -hmm. which wasn't a British thing we used to do six episodes really yes we never did 12 episodes of anything oh okay back in the day it was an American request. If you were selling something to America, you had to do 12. They wouldn't take six. And how many days do, do you get to shoot an episode now? We have six blocks in Outlander, and it's about eight or nine days for two episodes. That seems very fast. I might be wrong. <laughs> it does. I'll double check. So how did you come to work on Outlander? Were you, um, yeah, how we start there? How did you become a part of it? Was it already going or did, were it you- It was already one? started. Yeah. Um, but the producer wasn't getting along with the makeup artist that was doing it. So they asked me to take over. So episode one, no, season one, episode four. So pretty quickly you were in yeah. there. Was Sam having um, extensions at that time? Or was No, it, it was his own hair. His own hair, okay. Yeah. His own hair and Katrina's own hair. She's beautiful hair, a great hairline too. Uh, when you do go back and you're doing the fifties and and she and having that other time period, is, are all those wigs? The sixties and the fifties are wig. Well, the sixties was a wig, um, and the fifties was a wig, a different wig. Yeah. It looked lovely. It did not look like wigs at all. It was beautiful. Yeah, the sixties. She wanted it to look like um, Mrs. Robinson's hair and. Um, the Graduate. The Graduate. Nice. I mean, that's a, like a blonde streak she had, but we did it with the grey streak because mm -hmm. they wanted to start seeing grey by the time it got to the 60s. Mm -hmm. So rather than have it scattered, which is a bit witchy, um, she wanted a streak, which looked good. She looked great. And the, the appliance that's on Sam's back from his, from his beatings, uh, that's established pretty early isn't it that was already created okay um christian mallet made that for them 
and it looks wonderful. Yeah, it was thicker than Christian wanted or anyone would have wanted because it, it's a bit, it doesn't really move. No, imagine um, But not. they wanted it really thick. They pushed for it to be really thick, the producers. Because of the contrast and heights, they just wanted to see. Yes, they just wanted more damage, as you say, in, in different depths. Yeah. Though we did the whipping, the poor black... I was going to say Black Adder, but that's a comedy. <laughs> yeah, Jack Black Randall, which is a mouthful. You yes. It's to be able to say it. Or Frank. Frank which is Which I thought looked great. Yeah, it, it really did. worked. It looked uh, horrible. <laughs> it was uh, uh, so sadistic. It looked very, very good. It was, it was very compelling work on everyone's part. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody could watch that scene and... And not just uh, feel in the pit of their stomach of that. You have all kinds of things like that, like the kid with the ear. He has the. Oh, that was before my time. The kid with the ear. Oh, was it? Okay, so yeah. that must have been very early then. Must have been episode one or two. But there yeah. is a huge ear in the makeup room. They must have needed a massive ear to do the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's massive. There's the the scene that's in the prison where Sam's hand is is being pierced through there is another gut-wrenching thing to be able to see gosh the whole thing in prison is that way uh how was that done with this hand there was an animatronic hand um there was a duplicate copy of sam's cast and there was pieces put on sam's hand so both things were mixed up to sell to it. do that yeah. was that another creation of mr mallets or no that was animated extras pauline fowler mm -hmm. animated extras did that one looked lovely never did never realized it was an animatronic well done as far as um the facial hair that we see sometimes people are growing their own out or, or you, which ones are you having to do yourself we always try to get people if we can to grow their own sure but then what happens is there's pickups for episode two when we're shooting episode six mm -hmm. and their beards are a different length so that's always a discussion in pre-production if they want a beard or they want a beard to be taken off like when um, Brianna got married they wanted Roger to shave which means that once he shaves on that episode we can't shoot any pick up anything from the previous episodes because it's you can't drop in it's you can do false beards but you can't have a scene with his own beard and then drop in a right. fake beard in the same scene in the same scene so hard it's really too hard if there was a different scene and then he was doing a whole scene with a fake beard you could, it's a possibility but even then you don't want to do that because the audience has already seen his real beard mm -hmm. and they're going to know there's something not quite right even if they don't know what it is mm -hmm. so it's jarring and you're having to do aging as well as this because we we first meet the characters in what in the 40s and then and then keep progressing on but they still want everybody to look really good that's, that's oh they want everybody to look fabulous yeah. so that's a push and pull there's a tug there that's rise out you know, uh how does that end up getting sorted out this podcast is made possible by the support of our friends at royal and lang nickel brush They've been making brushes for over 70 years and are dedicated to serving professional makeup artists around the globe. By supporting them, you're supporting this podcast. 
Check them out at royalbrush.com. Uh, how does that end up getting sorted out? Well, we, we're doing it with the hair. We're just doing it with the hair. There's mm-hmm. no aging, makeup-wise. We did a little bit with Sam putting um, lumps on his, above his brows, just those where mm-hmm. the frown lines become higher. Kind of a furrow with, about yeah, the brow thing. with a little probondos, but they were so subtle and so annoying that they went. So there's there's nothing now. Just I mean, the actors have been doing it for ten years now, haven't they? So that helps a little we're bit. We're just going with it, <laughs> and they're really tired because they work all the time. So that helps yeah. as well. So we're just doing it with the the hair, and then Sam has spectacles that he uses, which helps sort of sell the deterioration of age. Yeah, it was nice when Claire comes back again and he's at the printing press and whatnot. Yeah, I felt that was good. It was really established a, a time had passed and that, you know, that he was older. I think that was established really well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can see the the challenges with it. They don't want anybody to, they want everybody to still look nice. Yes, because essentially it's a, a love story. Mm-hmm. So they want them still to be able to make do love scenes. Anybody? I didn't even think of this till now. Do you have tattoos to cover? That, um, Not on Sam or Katrina, no. Then that's nice. Then you yeah. don't have to deal with that. Yeah. That's one thing that's uh, was been talked about a lot lately is how we used to be adding so many more tattoos and probably covering more tattoos than... Uh, these days than than adding like there were back in the day yes because it's become part of our culture yeah but visual effects have got cheaper and cheaper um, whereas it would have been out of the question for visual effects to should a tattoo start to appear in a love scene where it's been the makeup's coming off they will say visual effects can clean that up yeah quite often not some, even so much with tattoos but with lots of little things like Sam's back when they're love making with that it's a huge a big prosthetic like that that takes a shirts on shirts off it's destroyed really quickly the edges and mm-hmm. um, so visual effects clean up edges so there's a lot more visual effects involved than there ever was when I started it would have been out of the question because it was so expensive and now it's it's acceptable, I, I do notice that you see, um, they're being clever with, you know, when they ha- really have to have that appliance on him. You know, we see him without a shirt oftentimes, but a lot, not as many times we see his back. It's two and a half hours to put on. Yeah. And that's a lot out of an artist's onset time. So probably plenty of scenes where he has a shirt open, but he doesn't take the shirt off. Yeah. And so, yeah, I imagine yeah. that... Because uh, you can't ever not have that the appliance anymore yeah. you know that's if you the, see his back you see the appliance yeah I guess it's good work for Christian he keeps uh, keeps making those pieces <laughs> yeah two and a half hours to put on and depends if it um, what's it you call it when it, it can leave a layer behind when you're taking it off so it's, mm-hmm. it, it's, the skin yeah it's in actuality taking off twice so when people say how long to take off for like 20 minutes or it could be 40 minutes depends how it comes off in the first place. 
who usually ends up applying that? Wendy. Wendy Forbes applies, okay. sticks it on and paints it. Oh, you got one person doing it? She does his makeup and hair, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. That's still, I would think with a piece that big, you would double team something like that. Well, yes. Claire, my supervisor, or now she's design assistant, she does one half and Wendy does one half when they were trying to speed it up. But um, sometimes we've got too many, too much to do. Or Claire's already got something she's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Wendy's got it down pretty pat now. You guys shoot on location quite a bit, right? So Yes. So you're in trailers a lot. Yes, we're in trailers. That's where we do the makeup is in trailers. Yeah. Even when we're at studio, we're in the trailers. Yeah. Just so you can keep that, that's where you're working from, that kind of show you would have to. And and you guys get around, too. You have a lot of different locations. Did I read right that um, the, some of it was shot in South Africa? Yes. Is that for the Jamaica bit? Yes, that was South Africa, yeah. It was, it's beautiful. I had no idea how beautiful South Africa was until we got there. Because it wasn't on my list of places to go. Right. But I was gobsmacked. It was stunningly beautiful. Yeah, I've only done through the airport and that's it. Never been outside the airport. Oh, it is such a beautiful country. And I didn't do the garden route, which is supposed to be the most beautiful. We did the other coast. Um, Penguins on the beach, running through the sunbathers. That's weird. Little <laughs> penguins like that. <laughs> and then these big hamster things in the bushes. And all just not bothered by you. So they're going in for a little swim as well. Very it's brilliant. Cool. Brilliant and very beautiful. And now you, uh, the show's over in the United States for most of it. and so but, Because that's all still being shot here, yes? That's all still being shot here in yeah. Scotland, yes. I'm sure you can find plenty of land that looks like you know, the United States from back then. Yes, we go to different locations all the time. We're like, what's different about these trees to the trees we were at? <laughs> but the producers say, yes, there's a difference. This is more Carolina and this is... You know, so it's, it's, they're looking for trees. Most of the time they're looking for particular trees. And you uh, had your American Indian tribes. Yes. Uh, was that enjoyable? That was great fun. Yeah. yeah. That was lovely to do. Yeah, that so you had uh, Mohawks on that, did you not? Mohawks and Cherokee. Yeah. But the tribes that came over were a mix. Most, the, nearly all came over from Canada. Um, and they were lovely and lovely to work with because they're very spiritual and very mm. calm. It's a really wonderful contrast from, you know, we start off in Scotland, then we go to France. And so we have that whole opulent, which is so different than the texture of you know Scotland from the time and then we're back in Scotland again and now over in the US with the American Indians and then the 60s I love how there's the variety it's a it's a wonderful thing about the show I think you know just soon as you kind of feel like all right we're used to this then they switch it up again and I would think for the makeup and hair department, that is as fun as well because it, it's constantly changing. Yes, it's great fun. You wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to do the same thing all the time. It's great to know that you've got a new thing coming up. And even having the, Indian, the Native Americans back again this season, it was nice to do it again. So you get the, the same guys and the same people and you just make them up different for different tribes? and. Yes, so they, they double, some of them double to yeah. be Mohawk in one village in Cherokee in another. 
and you probably had a pregnancy belly to have to deal well there's been a few pregnancy we've got i think five different pregnancy bellies in the store yeah <laughs> yeah and i imagine a a few prop babies as well quite a few prop babies they tend to be hard and go back again um I think we have one that we had specifically designed for us that they keep because it had to be made in a particular way. Yeah, I've got a friend who that's one of the bread and butters of his business. He does all kinds of things, but what keeps, you know, the regular fees coming in all the time is the babies. And yeah. who knew just by <laughs> making all these, you know, like, to whatever degree, you know, ones that are animatronic or ones that are just so lifelike and with all their proper joints and everything yeah where do you, you guys get the babies from here who does those animated extras have some mm -hmm. um, and Michael our producer I can't remember the name of the company he found but animated ones are the best I think and they did make one for us because they wanted a pumping heart and it had to be oh specifically they wanted to see the first breath of life hmm so there was a balloon in it, I think, they did in the end. How many episodes have you done now? Oh, wow. You needed to warn me about that one. That's sums. <laughs> I don't do sums. <laughs> That's okay. That's fine. We, uh, we could look at that later. I just, just ended up wondering about that. Twelve episodes a, a season. A yeah. season. Right. And we've, we did. We did five seasons of twelve. The last season was only eight because if they couldn't finish... And when you're not doing Outlander and you go do other projects, does that feel refreshing to you when the, when you're going to go do something and it's kind of fun to come back? Yes, it is. It is. What's your favorite type of work to do? Is, is there something that you like more than others? Like you said, you started off doing age makeup. That's what inspired you. Is that still um, a, a passion? I still love it. I, I like the variety. And each... The show I'm going on to has Nazi zombies. That's the makeup <laughs> that's in my head now. <laughs> that sounds like fun. That will be fun. So whenever you read a script and something jumps out at you like that, you're like, oh, yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go with this. That'll be very different than Outlander. That'll be very different than Outlander. <laughs> Although they did want us to try and make the Ned Dennehy character into a zombie for Claire's fever dream so that he had skin hanging off, but they didn't go with it in the end. He's just... Remind me which one's Ned. I'm terrible with the names. Well, he's just... He was in last season. Okay. Um, he was one of the Browns gang. He was the bad one. He raped Katrina and his gang. And oh, Katrina, yeah. He raped Claire. So he was bad, bad, bad. He was. One of them is always getting kidnapped. Yes. <laughs> That's one thing I have noticed. It's like, okay, everything's going too well. Somebody's going to get Somebody's going to get kidnapped. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Brianna, we, for a while there, she had, uh, she was always slapping somebody. So it was like every, every episode, she had somebody to slap. Yeah, she never got, she, the Brianna character never got much fun stuff. It was always pretty serious. The yeah the the vaccination uh, scars what do you call that is it a smallpox smallpox that uh, you end up seeing on Gilles right on her and on Claire it's showing as well are those really their their scars or no uh, that was you had to add those Collodian 
Oh, old okay. fashioned Clodian, yes. You did it old school. We did it old school, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that's the best way. I like that. Yeah, rather than actually sticking something on. So it'd be in a prose transfer or something like that. Yeah. And it's not something that if you see it again, anybody's going to notice that it's not quite the same as it was before. Because exactly. it's such a small thing. And I don't remember if it was ever really, I probably was featured in, in some insert in there. But it didn't seem then, like, it certainly didn't yeah. dwell on it. Yeah. Who makes your wigs? It varies. Um, Alex Rouse, for the most part. Peter Rowan. Ray Marsden. All British. But Alex and Peter, pretty much between them. Alex has a huge stock. All really? our hires for extras and day players, they are all Alex Rice wigs. Yeah, As the show's gone on, because of having to set wigs, yep. wet wigs and set wigs, you, some people do like um, polystyrene boxes and stick hair dryers in them. It's a bit dangerous and you can't leave it unattended and put six wigs in there to try and bake them dry because a bake's the best way to keep a style, mm. especially in Scotland where the weather's against us. You want it baked as hard as you can. Mm. So we sourced flatly clothes dryers, which used to be used in the 60s and 50s even, for drying clothes. Okay. Um, and they're ready to go for putting wigs in. So you can get four on the bottom and four in the middle. So you can get eight wigs baking in this metal box. Interesting. And we sourced them on Pre-Loved and eBay and everywhere else. So I've got four and Claire's got one. So we've got five flatly dryers on Outlander. What do you guys like to use for, for your lace and putting them down? What, what type of adhesive? Matthew Mungle. His Matt, spirit gum? Yeah. Yeah, I know that one's very popular. Yeah. It holds on tight and goes matte pretty quickly. So, What uh, techniques do you usually do to try to, to make that lace disappear? Because the cameras just keep getting higher and higher resolution. Yes, they do. Alex did do some extremely fine lace. Mm-hmm for us to camera test, but they could still see it. And to knot it was a nightmare because it was so fine that it would break. Yeah. So we've stuck with the finest lace we can, which is probably the, is it 30? We just glue it and roll it and glue it and roll it. We st- I, I still use the orange stick. I'm a bit stuck at rolling with an orange stick. They've got these fandangle little round white balls of fiber. Mm-hmm. And some people like using those. I've used them, but I still like my orange stick to be there. Yeah. Are you able to put any foundation or anything over it, or do you just just keep it away from that? We keep it away until we're on set, and then if they're seeing a different difference in the skin tone or mm. the, the reflection, then we'll sprackle Skin Illustrator to break it up, mm-hmm. to put red. Usually it's red needs to go in, be- especially in a warm studio. The skin's got warmer, mm-hmm. and where the laces hasn't got warmer because chances are you don't get red there anyway but it just the contrast is too much and we know that it's the hair laces there it's one of those things that could happen to somebody who's not wearing a wig you could maybe see a bit of pale there mm-hmm. and you'd absolutely accept it but as soon as you know that it's something you've put there you've got to make it disappear exactly yeah. you never get to the thing too where someone a performer is getting emotional so they you know they get real flush in their face yeah. and then all of a sudden you've, you've got that <laughs> actually the worst is when you've got a nose foam latex nose and all of a sudden they get all emotional and all of a sudden it looks like a white nose because they're yeah yeah they're, everything else has got they're already color flowing yeah. through it and i'll look at actual bald men on mm-hmm. tv and say if that was a bald cap i'd be desperate to go in and fix 
a line I can see, but it's the line of his right. expression. What do you think is the, the, the hardest part of what you have to do for Outlander? Is it the elements being on location? The elements and the, main t- the maintenance because of the elements and because of the, the locations. So there's a travel. Once you've made people up, there's a travel to mm-hmm. our base can't be where our location is just because it's in the trees or up a mountain or whatever. So then there's a travel to the location. Then there's rehearsal. So you really need to do checks again before they even start the day. Oh, yeah. Out there in a easy up. Looking at your resume, this show has hit a level of popularity. Probably the only thing I saw that would be close to that would be you did a few episodes of, of Game of Thrones. Which yes. obviously was it's huge. Never could get Barry Gower to get me to come on the set for that thing. He's always he's always so careful. Uh, and it was uh, they were treating that thing like national security. Yeah, couldn't come out to the workshop or anything. I was like, what? You know. Uh, so that's really very popular. But Outlander has become a huge show. Has that been different for you? I mean, I think Outlander is bigger in the states and in other countries than it is here. Is it? Yes. Oh, that's probably easier for you then. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's, it, it started to get more popular here because it started on Amazon. Not a lot of people had Amazon, I guess. Or if they did, they didn't tune in Thailand. Because especially in Scotland, it's a, a Scottish show that's not a Scottish show, but a show about people in Scotland in the past. And they're like, yeah, done it. Yeah, they're not as interested in that. No. That's that's it. I didn't know that. I didn't know. I would figure it would be very, very popular on this side of the pond. So it's it's just it's growing into that. It's it's grown, but it's more popular in the states. It's more popular in the states from the get go. It was hugely popular in the states. I couldn't believe how yeah. big it was. Um, and Australia is very popular, like just not here. <laughs> yeah, see, I would think it'd be like the Crown because I, you know, since I come over often, I knew the Crown was hugely popular here and it took a a while for it to catch on in the states now now it's you know it's very popular so i just assume the same for that so that's great so you you know you probably haven't had to deal with as much as the the craziness that can be you know attached to things that are real popular good for you i mean this it's got a huge the book has such a lot of fans and fans came over from the states as well to to try and find where we were filming and stuff so Hmm. Things were kept secret. Do you think you'll stay with uh, Outlander till till they finish? Actually, do they even have an end for when it will be, or they will they just keep going? Well, there's still there's still books to do. Yeah. Um, so I I don't know. I guess I mean Matt says the next seasons. He doesn't say season. He's always plural, so he thinks there's going to be more. But it's down to the actors, really. I mean, you've only got. I assume that once. Sam and Katrina move on. Right. It'd be quite difficult. Yeah, I hear that Sam's being considered for James Bond. And then, of course, I think almost any, any anybody that can speak with an English accent that can wear a suit is being is all as under speculation for that. But yeah, and I, we saw um, Ford versus Ferrari, which was a wonderful film and a great departure character for her, too. And that I'm, I'm sure that everybody wants to doesn't want to do the same character forever yeah just like i wish benedict cumberbatch would do some more of those sherlock shows because they were so good no, yeah I mean, he's making he's making good money you know uh, being a movie star now yeah 
And he doesn't want to keep doing that. I'm sure he doesn't want to keep doing the same part either. Right. He's doing lots of different stuff, isn't he? Well, also, too, it seems like actors come back around. Like Harrison Ford is going back to all his favorite hits. You know, he's done another Indiana Jones and another Blade Runner movie and yeah. another Star Wars movie. So Yeah, they filmed some of Indiana up here. They were in Glasgow. Yeah, that's right. My buddy Bill Corso does Harrison. That's right. You know, I've got to look up. I bet he is probably out here somewhere. I have to go harass him. <laughs> yeah, they were here. They, they finished up about three weeks, four weeks ago. Yeah. Because they started when we finished our season, so a lot of the girls went on to do crowd. And to bring it back around, it's like the actors can be, probably when Benedict is not as in demand, then, then maybe he'll return and do something with Sherlock later on in yeah. life. Yeah. I don't know if that could happen for Outlander, though. You know, would they take 10, 15, 20 years off and then come back to the characters? I don't know if it would have that romantic appeal. I think it's difficult when it's a romance because it's that's the crux of it is the relationship between uh, Jamie and Claire. We started this you talking about how your first inspiration being age makeup is. Have you done an age makeup that you're particularly fond of? I'll tell you where my age makeup, which is ridiculous. I did a comedy show called Harry Enfield okay. and Chums. I did about five or six years of it. And there was a couple of characters called the old gits. So that was age makeup, but it was for comedy and it was fast and no prosthetics. So it was all grease paint, it was all painted. Oh wow. Well, apart from bald caps. Bald caps, thinning wigs and painted lines. Yeah, pretty proud of that. Nobody will have seen it, but was it a three camera show or was it like a sitcom or it was we did three weeks filming and oh. then they took two weeks out for editing and then we went into studio rehearsing two days pre-shoots of couldn't be done in front of an audience on mm -hmm. the Thursday and then an audience show on the Friday. How much of your work is in Scotland? Now, all of it. Yeah, well certainly with Outlander, you yeah. staying with that. And when I moved back, I moved back in 2000 and did a show called um, Monarch of the Glen and did six seasons of that which was a modern about a laird, you know, taking over the estate and all the things that happened on the estate. So I did that for six years. But in between did some Harry en I was still doing Harry Enfield and I was still doing some comedies. Because you can, once you start doing comedies and you get known for comedies, that's the jobs you get. And then once you start doing dramas again, then you're back on. Used to be lucrative thing there was a few people in hollywood that were doing most of the sitcoms and they usually had two going yes i used to do a harry enfield and smith and jones yeah and it just so happens they were opposite ends opposite of the week bits bits of the year oh somehow so i'd, I'd do the harry enfield series and then i'd do the smith and jones which worked for when i had children because you they they don't travel comedians don't like working more than 10 hours because they're on all the time they're either on or in the chair getting made up and changed and then back on again because mm -hmm. they're in every single thing. Um, and they're writing and they're editing and they're doing the whole thing. I don't know how it is now, but uh, sitcoms where it'd be three days. You had two days of shooting and a day of prep and you know rehearsals and whatnot. And so you could have two. So if you had a sitcom that shot the beginning of the week, you could have a different sitcom that shot the latter part of the week. Right. And then you could have your prep day 
overlap between the two. These were more sketch shows. Harry would be five different characters in the day. <laughs> now see, it's kind of fun, but it also sounds terrifying to me too. <laughs> you got someone who's doing, it's almost like live, you know, like live theater or something. Yeah. Where you're constantly changing them and you can't really ever do anything really, really well because it, it's just it's kind of like Saturday again. Night Live, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's coming off again, so... He'd play a teenager and he'd play an old git all in the same day. They did a film of the teenagers, um, Kevin and Perry Go Large. Hmm. We did a feature film of that one because they were favorite characters. Cool. Any kind of work that you haven't done that you want to do? That I haven't done that I want yeah. to do. I can't think of any because it's all... I think I have covered it because I worked a lot with Jenny Shercore who did a lot of big films. Mm-hmm. So I did work in a lot of big films, but not as designer. I was like second assistant or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's the same experience. You're doing the makeups and you're involved in the process. And I loved my sitcom stuff. Whether I would have carried on doing it forever and ever, I don't know, because that was great. No, I can't think of anything I... Like, have you ever done I a Western? Like a cowboy Western or... Only with Smith and Jones. <laughs> they played two cowboys. Yeah? Yeah. No, I haven't done a Western. Do you get a chance to train people much and, and, and pass it on? Outlander's been great for Scotland. We got um, creative media skills came up with different experienced work people and did like three days in the studios for our trainees and for anyone else who wanted to come and join in. Nice. Um, blocking wigs, dressing wigs, how to look after wigs. So Scotland's got come on in leaps and bounds. Pretty much everybody can handle wigs up here now. There wasn't so much period work before, but there still was a core group. The thing with Scotland is that even when there wasn't much work in Scotland, they were working in London or they were working, some of them were working in the States or here, there and everywhere. So they always followed the work, but now it's busy here and people Mm -hmm. It's not so necessary to go to London for work. It seems so busy right now. It's really busy. Everybody tells me they're scrambling for people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen it this busy here. Yeah. It's it's because of the pandemic and people run out of uh, people have run out of stock of stuff. Right. And also the incredible amount of providers, Apple TV, mm -hmm. huge, 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 huge number. When you think like we were saying when we started, there was like six channels. Mm -hmm. I've no idea now how many channels there are. Yeah. So many, if you count them all, the Netflix, the Amazon. The, so where do you get your people? Since I've done Outlander, I've pretty much worked with the same core group. Yeah. Now and again, there's a change for one reason or another. People will have babies and want to mm -hmm. be at home with their babies. Also, too, there are times when you have crowd scenes and you need more, more folks to fill out, whatnot. So when you're wanting them, where do you where do you get them? We get them from Ireland or from Manchester or Liverpool or London. Once we've used up all the Scotland ones, right? Then we go further afield because Game of Thrones has brought in a lot of people in Ireland. So there's there's quite a good pool of people there. If someone wants to work with you, how do they approach you? How do you like to be approached? 
They contact me to send a CV. This is people who want to tr- be trainees. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they contact me to send a CV. We interview at the start of the show, three days of 10 people a day. So we did 30 interviews for trainees wow. between m- myself and crowd. So three of us on the panel just and then discussing it at the end. Because crowd needed two permanent trainees plus trainees coming in on busy days just to help move things along. And we needed two trainees because we've got two vans, four permanent and then maybe another ten to come and go. When you say vans, you mean the I makeup mean, trailers, makeup right? trailers, yeah. That's fine. I just want to make sure I understand yeah, your, your terminology. And what do their duties end up being? What do you have for them? They're keeping an eye on the stock. They're setting up in the morning. As soon as we go to set, they clean up our places, get them ready to be used again. Mm-hmm. They're blocking wigs, cleaning wigs, dressing wigs. We show them how to dress the wigs for whatever character it is. Um, not Katrina's. Kerry does her own. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she will say, finish that off if she's having to run. And our trainee will finish it off. For a busy, they'll do hands like for the browns, men, dirty. Mm-hmm. Just the, the way it is in that century. Everybody's got these lovely hands that have never done what you would have been having to do in the 18th century. So they're breaking down, tanning up, dirtying mm-hmm. nails. And they watch They watch what we're doing. What's a, a red flag for you if you got someone that's new and go, ah, you think they may or may not work out? Um, sitting on their phone. Yeah, that's a common that's one. That's a, a common one. And that's, that's definitely a no-no because not in, you're not interested. And there's too many people desperate to do this job mm-hmm. that, are, can, that would give anything to do this job. Somebody who can't even be bothered watching and is on their phone checking out their Facebook, then mm-hmm. no, chatting too much to the actors or to anybody. Because people are too polite to say, or they don't want to create an atmosphere. Right. So a certain amount of it has to happen before you can deal with it. And not just not listening. If you're told to get all the wigs off that van and put them in that place, and then we're on location, it's like, where's such and such? Oh, it's on the van. What, the van you emptied? You know, some people get in because they want to work with the stars, and it's not the makeup. Mm-hmm. And that's, you're spotted pretty quickly and let go pretty quickly. We interviewed last week for another trainee for a show I'm going on to, mm-hmm. um, three of them, and we've chosen one who seems really keen, but it's on Zoom, so you've got even less judgment. You can't really sense so much if somebody's nervous and they're just not coming over well because they're too nervous. They can come over as like just a bit disinterested, but it's actually nerves, but it just looks disinterested on Zoom. You can't see the trembling hands or the the thing that would let you know that they're actually terrified. That's interesting. Here's where the technology has changed for that. Yeah. For doing that in Zoom, I wouldn't even think that that's how you would end up meeting somebody, but I guess that would be a very viable way yeah. to first connect. Yeah. And do you do that because of they live in another location or just for expediency's sake? For expediency, it's what they, mm-hmm. they wanted us to interview before we started the job so that they could send them on a different courses because it's a BBC job and you have to go through so many different courses and box ticking. Is it like health and safety courses and things like that? Working with children, health and safety, but there will be three of them. There's two working with children courses. There's 
to health and safety, there's one COVID awareness. Actually, we should talk about that because that's one of the things you and I were going to have this conversation almost an hour, uh, a year ago. Yes. And it just kind of put everything on hold. Yeah. And then when I first was writing, you were saying that, um, I believe this, correct me if I'm wrong, that we weren't even being able to really go on set. They don't allow people on and, and doing checks off of the stage and whatnot. We were doing checks off stage. But off stage, like in the studio corridor, and then back in. Yeah. They were started off putting their masks on after that check, so you'd, you'd lost ground again, especially with wigs, because it interferes with the, the bit in front of the ear. So there was a decision that once that final check was done, they could walk to set and go for a take without putting their mask back on. So things have tweaked and changed to make it work. And Outlander, we did a whole season without anybody getting COVID in the shooting crew. That's great. Yeah. Was there other ways in which it impeded your work? Imagine they're testing daily. They're testing, no, not daily. Oh, good. Um, because it doesn't, it takes three days for viral loads. So they test one day, then three, the third day then. So three times a week we'd get tested. Okay. They have their own laboratory. They'd converted a building to be the laboratory, so there were two lot, three lots of nurses that were doing testing. So and rotas, so everyone was went through the lab. And ever get any false positives? Yes, with that lateral flow, there's you can quite often get false positives, but then you do another test, and if it's negative, then you're negative. But if you do another test and you're positive, chances are you're positive. Yeah, if you've done two. Yeah. Right. Do they do the test right away? Once they get the, it takes a couple of hours to get the result of the first test, then they'll, I did get phoned, having had a false positive. Mm-hmm. And then they do another test, and you wait in your car till you get that mm-hmm. negative result. That's scary. Had a friend of mine, yeah, it happened to her. She got tested and on to, to the trailer and whatnot, and the COVID people came and said, oh, you tested positive, we have to escort you off the lot. Yes. I was like, what? feel like a criminal. I, I, no symptoms. There's, she goes, I can't possibly be. She goes, ah, it's positive. So it took, this was early on in the process, you know, before it got streamlined. So she lost about a week's worth of work, I think. Yes, yeah. luckily our lab is up and running. So they just put me in for another test. Oh, and they need you. <laughs> so they're going to make yes. sure they're going to check that pretty quickly. Yeah. I did have a day off. Oh, the morning. I had the morning off and then I got told at two o'clock I was okay. Yeah. You mentioned you have kids. Yes. Have any of them wanted to follow in your footsteps? One is. One's a make was a makeup artist. Yeah. She trained on Outlander. She did work experience in season one. She worked as a hairdresser before. Mm-hmm. Um, did work experience on season one and then came on as a trainee on season two. And then she was trainee again season three. Then she was a junior season four. And now she's a makeup artist. She does Richard. Good for her. Yeah. How's that for you? That's because my kids don't, they're not interested in doing no. anything in makeup. How does that feel for you? Has, you know, one of your kids uh, following you? Yeah, it's great. It's great because um, it's great she finds something she loves doing. How old is she? She's 26. Okay. And age. she started in crowd, so she was crowd trainee. She wasn't main team because I said you can't be main team because it's I'll be harder on you than I am on any other trainee yeah. in the place, and it'll be just a nightmare for you. So she was quite happy with that. She stayed in crowd for Good. a couple of years and then came to main team as a junior. The other one, 
said she didn't want to do my job, she wanted a life. <laughs> there is that, isn't it? The hours are so long. Yeah, it's, it's so hard. Long. I used to uh, try to help people understand. I say it's like the foreign legion. You know, once yeah. you join, they own you till they're done with you. Yeah. And you really can't, can, uh, you have no control of your schedule whatsoever. No. I mean, first start to stand at six o'clock in the morning. Especially in period, because you've then got to get the wigs off, clean the wigs, set the wig, dress the wig, plug the wig. That's another hour. An 11-hour, 10-hour camera day with lunch, 11 hours, two and a half hours, six, seven, eight, two hours in the morning, 13, an hour at night, 14. Sometimes our location's an hour away, so two hours, an hour's travel either end. Yeah. So How many hours a week hours. are you doing? It varies. Yeah. And they don't count the travel. Right. You're doing 60, 70? Yes, easy, yeah. yeah. Easily. Uh, it's a big commitment. Yes, you don't do anything else. And then your day's off, and I say that to trainees when they first start, you can't be going out nightclubbing and stuff because no. you've got to recharge your batteries. If you use yourself up at the weekend, you're going to start falling halfway through the week because mm -hmm. you, your body can't do it, even though it's young. So even though you've got days off at the weekend... You've still got to be thinking about your job and about recharging so that you can do those ridiculous hours. And it's very physical, Outlander. Mm -hmm. The actors and some heavy kit gets transported up the mountain, but really you've got, to, you've got to climb yourself. You've got to be climbing up the mountain and down the... Mm -hmm. into the pit and out of the pit holding onto a rope. So it is physically hard. Bringing your set chair and your and your kit and everything else you need up yes. up to the mountain. I mean, sometimes if it's if it is a hard journey, they will take our kits, but then we follow them on food. It's not for the faint of heart. It's not for the faint of heart. Yeah, <laughs> episodic television is is a rough go. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. some like those sit sitcoms and sketch shows they are studio based so you're not climbing oh. up and down oh yeah and their hours are much easier too and the hours tend to be straightforward and that's the joy of it there's variety all the time it's never the same old same old even when it's the same show it's never the same old same old yeah and thank you so much for taking the time to talk about this and thank you and give us a, a little glimpse into your world my pleasure and, and what you do good luck with the edit <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode be sure to subscribe if you want to spread the word give us a five-star review and tell your friends visit us online for more great content at imats.net i'm michael key thanks for listening <laughs>